turn in your pew Bibles to uh, Philippians uh, chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, that's on page 982 of your pew Bibles. Uh, we're getting closer to the end. Lord willing, we'll finish uh, by the end of April, uh, next Sunday, Palm Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we'll be um, considering uh, the cross of, of Christ. But here, uh, God's word, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. This is the word of God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received, received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Amen to this reading of God's holy, inspired, inerrant, infallible word. Thanks for giving to us his Holy Spirit as well. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand through forever. Let's pray. Father, we... We thank you that the word of God does stand forever. It stands the test of time, any trial, any tribulation. In, in world history, Lord, thank you that it has stood the test of time. Uh, Father, in, in each of our lives, in this your church, Lord, Thank you that your truth is unchanging. Lord, we pray this morning uh, that your Holy Spirit would be at work in each of our hearts, giving us minds to understand, hearts to embrace uh, these gospel truths, Lord for our good and for your glory. And we ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. The US Olympic athlete, formerly known as Bruce Jenner, some of you might know what I'm talking about, amazed the world of sports when he won the gold medal in the decathlon at the 1975 Olympics in Montreal. The 10 events 
of the decathlon. It, it's all done in two days. Uh, ten events of the decathlon uh, started with the 100-meter dash, the long jump, shot put, high jump, 400-meter race on that first day. The second day, uh, the events of the second day included the 110-meter hurdles, discus throw, pole vault, javelin throw, and concluded um, with the 15 hundred meter run. There's a point system. You don't have to win every event, but where you place in each event adds to your, your total. And at the time, he received one of the highest point totals ever in the decathlon. You know, for those of you who look at the front of cereal boxes, uh, Jenner even made it on the box of Wheaties in 1978. Uh, that was, at the time, uh, the sports world's highest honor. Although the decathlon was a memorable Olympic win by Jenner, it was his only major win. You know, today few people remember his victory, unless you Google it. Now contrast Jenner's fleeting victory with uh, the Christian spiritual victory in Christ. You know, in Philippians 4, 4 through 7, you know, the, the Apostle Paul here gives us seven commands in six verses. You know, our God purposefully provides believers with his grace and gospel guidance so, so that we might finish the race of life with God's joy, with his prayer, with his peace, and then enter into his glory. And the truth we'll be focusing on today is this. May every believer practice God's truth as we persevere to the finish. You know, what does it mean to practice God's truth? Six verses here, we'll break them down into uh, sections of two. It begins with praise, praise with joy. Secondly, pray with thanksgiving. And then finally, practice God's peace. Now look there at Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. I encourage you to keep your Bibles open. We are to, to praise the Lord with unceasing joy. You know, remember what we we studied last week that, that conflict in the church, disagreement, discord uh, between Yodia and Syntyche. And uh, here again, Philippians 4, verse 3. Apostle Paul writes, Word of God, Philippians 4, 3. Yes, I ask you also, true companion... Help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, and, and especially hear this, whose names are in the book of life. We know they are trusting in Christ for their salvation. It's recorded in heaven. There, there is a real assurance of of salvation, and so it's no surprise now that uh, Philippians four verse four uh, begins with with these two commands: rejoice, 
Rejoice in the Lord always, I say again, rejoice. You know, God's word calls every Christian to rejoice. You know, be glad, be joyful. We get a glimpse of it. Jesus speaking, teaching, Luke 6, 22 and 23, Luke 6, 22 Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Now verse 23, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. You know, rejoice. You know, it's not a rejoicing in circumstances. It's a rejoicing, as we read here, rejoicing in the Lord. You know, because we have a a living, loving, lasting union with Christ. and, And so we can always be rejoicing in the Lord. Rejoice in your Redeemer. John Calvin wrote this. Helpful note, rejoice in the Lord, notwithstanding the troubles and annoyances that they saw before their eyes. And he writes this, the joy of the world is deceptive, frail, and fading. You know, is that not true? Rejoice in the Lord Always, you know, in, in no matter what trial or tribulation you're enduring at that moment, we can always be rejoicing in the Lord that, that he sits upon the throne, that he has redeemed us, saved us in Christ, that, it, that he's coming again. We can rejoice even in crisis. And and the question you might be thinking or might be asking, I did, why a repeated command? It's for those who have hard hearts, those who have deaf ears. You know, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say again, rejoice. You know, it's a a truth that you see throughout Philippians. It was there in Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Philippians 3, 1, finally, my brothers, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and it's safe for you. We, We need to be reminded to rejoice in the Lord. That's not our default mode. Our our default mode is to grumble. You know, to moan, you know, woe is me. And here God's word teaches us, graciously teaches us to to rejoice in the Lord. And if that's not enough, you know, by the way, those are the first two commands. The third command here, you know, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. You know, again, the question that is often asked, what does it mean, reasonableness? Different synonyms here, forbearance, moderation. 
think one of the better translations is sweet reasonableness, gentle reasonableness. It's a spiritual quality that keeps us from selfishly insisting on our own individual rights. You know, others should see in us, you know, and say of us, that, that's a reasonable Christian. There, there's a, a sweetness, a joy about their demeanor. You know, may all witness your gracious gentleness, your patience, my gracious gentleness and patience. And why do we do that? Look again. At verse 5, let your reasonable, reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. You know, two ways of, of translating that. Uh, one way is, is the Lord is coming again soon, his imminent return. I believe a, a better understanding in context is the Lord is near. You know, the, the Lord is with us. You know, his unseen presence with us by his Holy Spirit. You know, hear this verse, Psalm 34, verse 18. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near, or the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. You know, we often forget that. You know, Lord, why do you seem so far away? You know, I, I, I wish you were closer, or I wish I was closer to you. And here is an encouragement to us. Yes, the Lord is, is at hand, and as we'll see in a, a moment, he's with us even as we pray. You know, here, here's an illustration. You know, maybe not the, the uh, well, listen. You know, in today's world, you know, it's tempting for us to behave like chameleons. I don't know whether you've ever had a chameleon. We've had a few growing up as children. You know, they're, they're lizards that take the color of their background. You know, and we loved having them because you would keep moving them around and let's watch them change colors. And it's amazing, you know, how, how quickly they can do it, how God designed them. You know, but, but why do they change colors? You know, it's a defense mechanism uh, to avoid being devoured by predators. Chameleons would rather change, would rather live by changing their color than living with courage. You know, and that's true of us. You know, at times we can be guilty of being chameleon Christians. You know, we, we change depending on the group that we're with. You know, and God's word reminds us to praise the Lord with unceasing joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let your reasonableness, your sweet reasonableness, be known to everyone. You know, at work, you know, on the sports field, you know, in your neighborhood with your spouse, with your students, with your children, with your church family, with your foes, with those who are faithless. You know, may, may they know that, that 
joy that you possess. God's gift to us in Christ. Praise the Lord with unceasing joy. Now verse 6. Roger mentioned in Sunday school that, um, and I'm an advocate, that we all should have memorized the 23rd Psalm. And believe it's good to memorize it in uh, King James. Um, There's a, a heritage there. But let me add to your homework today. No test on this, but let, let me encourage you to, to memorize Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Not only memorize them, but meditate upon them, practice them daily as we journey to the finish. Hear them again. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you're looking to memorize them, start with six, and then when you get six down, memorize seven. But let's... (coughs) Break it down. You know, the fourth command here, in no way be anxious. Literally, stop being anxious. I know you're anxious now. Stop being anxious. Stop being overly worried, stressed, fearful fretting. You know, Jesus gives the uh, same command, Matthew six twenty-five. Matthew 6, 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And if you keep reading uh, through the rest of that portion, Jesus keeps on addressing that issue of, of being anxious in no way be anxious. You know, but thinking about what's to come about prayer, you know, God not only gives us the command, you know, but, but as well, he, he gives us a, a word of comfort here. You know, Dr. Chamblin, Knox Chamblin, great man of God, great seminary professor at RTS, said this, had it in my notes. The wonderful promise of this verse, verse 6, the wonderful promise of this verse is that God, the loving Father, provides prayer as a channel for expressing your anxiety. You hear that same truth, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 1 Peter 5, verse 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. When when you're anxious about things, you know, rather than, you know, going crazy, doing something stupid or sinful, what what are you to do? What are we to do? You know, we're, we're to pray. You know, all sorts of things can cause anxiety. Jesus mentioned a few there. Add, if I may be so bold as to add to his list, you know, wars and rumors of war, you know, can cause anxiety. 
you know, our health. We've got some doctor's visits, some tests coming up. You know, family can make us feel anxious. Work, politics, you know, the weather. Many things can, can uh, spark anxiety. You know, but here God's word reminds us two things. Don't be anxious. Stop being anxious. And then as we'll see here quickly, pray. You know, we're, we're all children of our, our generations. As I was preparing, you know, I thought of a song. I'm not going to sing it. Bobby McFerrin, September 24th, 1988, Don't Worry, Be Happy. You know, that, that's about the extent of the whole song. You know, a lot of singing, a lot of whistling. Actually, it's, they say it was one of the greatest a cappella hits and the greatest whistling songs uh, there is. Actually, the thought came from an Indian guru that uh, Bobby McFerrin had been studying under. You know, that's not what Jesus is telling us here. Hey, just stop being worried. Stop being anxious. You know, but in everything, you know, back to Philippians 4, verse 6. But in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, that, that's a long sentence filled with uh, rich gospel truth here. You know, again, breaking it apart, prayer and supplication. You know, th- those aren't quite synonyms. Prayer is the general term for seeking God's face with holy humility Supplication is a more specific word. It it speaks of um, praying fervently for our specific needs. You know, it's a good thing to to bring our needs, our anxieties before God. Lord, this is where I'm struggling. My family is struggling. You know, prayer and supplication... And then adding to that, with thanksgiving. You know, even as we pray and even before God sovereignly and wisely chooses to answer our prayers, you know, we are to pray with thanksgiving. You know, why pray with thanksgiving? You know, we, that God enables us to pray. You know, Hebrews 4.10, we can come before the throne of grace with confidence. We pray with thanksgiving because God has given us the gift of his Holy Spirit, even as we pray. Romans 8.26, Romans 8.26, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. You know, we, we pray with thanksgiving that we 
We have Christ, our great high priest, who intercedes for us. You know, God has given to us his Holy Spirit. And, and you may be thinking, well, I'm having a hard time praying. Lord, I can't think of anything to thank you for. Well, we thank the Lord for the gift of his Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank the Lord that he has given us the Holy Spirit. Again, a great quote, James Boyce hit the nail on the head when he wrote, prayer is the Christian's antidote for anxiety. You know, if you're a note taker, that's, that's a note worth remembering. Prayer is the Christian's antidote for anxiety. You know, when, you, when you're stressed out, you know, you can't go to sleep, don't feel like going to work, you're, you're in tension with everyone around you, fearful about the future, pray. It's what God's word teaches us. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request. Make your request known to God. You know, he knows what we're thinking, you know, but pastorally and personally, let me encourage you to pray out loud. You know, not when you're in the car riding with everyone. Maybe not at work, but you know, at home. Go outside. You know, you know, pray to the, to the Lord. You know, who hears and answers our prayers. You know, when anxious Christians pray and offer up their supplications to God with thanksgiving, you know, see the fruit. Go back to Philippians 4, verse 7. You know, here, here's the fruit. You know, when we stop being anxious, we're presenting our requests, prayers and requests, supplications to the Lord with thanksgiving. You know, here's the fruit, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know, the peace from God. You know, he lovingly supplies and supports us with his peace. You know, his providential peace. You, you see that, you know, in the New Testament, we read it yesterday at the funeral piece, I leave, I give to you. You know, Jesus tells us, his followers, but you see it in the Old Testament as well. Isaiah 26, verse 3, 3 and 4. Isaiah 26, 3. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. You know, that, that peace of God protects our hearts and our mind. You know, God's peace. You know, it's peace with God through faith in Christ. He, he has imputed, given to us the, the righteousness of Christ. So we are no longer God's enemies you know, we, we are his children, his beloved children, his blood-bought children. You know, we've been reconciled to God. 
Isaiah 55, verse 12, puts it this way. Isaiah 55, verse 12. Maybe we can sing this some Sunday, Dirk. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. You know, on Wednesday nights, we've invested some time in studying prayer. Uh, We're in John 17 now, but we started, and I had never done this before. It was a a challenge and encouragement to me. Uh, We looked at all the Westminster Larger Catechism questions and answers that dealt with the Lord's Prayer. But the, the initial question and answer that deals with prayer is uh, Westminster Larger Catechism 178, which is, what is prayer? And if someone were to ask you, here's a great uh, scriptural answer. Quote, prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ by the help of his spirit with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. You know, what are a few practical prayer applications here from Philippians 4, 6 and 7? Maybe a little bit repetitive, but pray when anxiety attacks. Pray with persistence. Pray with thanksgiving. And even as we pray, praise God for his peace in Christ. Another quotable quote, this one from Charles Spurgeon, great preacher. Joy is peace dancing. Peace is joy resting. You have to think about that one for a little bit. I'll read it again. Joy is peace Dancing, peace is joy resting. Finally, the last two verses there, Philippians 4 that we'll look at this morning, verses 8 and 9, practice God's peace in all of life. We are to praise the Lord with unceasing joy. We are to pray with unquenchable thanksgiving. We are to practice God's peace in all of life. Note there verse 8. You know, Paul was a preacher, and preachers love to use this word, finally. Finally. But note here, he's at verse 8. He has 15 more verses to go. So preachers back then as well did it. It weren't his very last word. But finally, brothers and sisters in Christ. In other words, he's saying, don't close your Bibles yet. Don't put away your pen and sermon notebook yet. You know, there's some more practical truths from God's word as we persevere to the finish. You know, finishing with joy and prayer and peace. You know, six adjectives uh, picturing Christian ideals here in verse 8. And I'm still... Meditating upon each of them, I believe they're related to prayer. As we pray, we are to be pondering these things. You know, finally, brothers and sisters. 
You know, whatever is, you know, whatever is present tense, whatever is true or genuine or real. Secondly, whatever is honorable or respectable, honoring to the Lord. Whatever, third, is just, what is upright in God's eye. Four, whatever is pure, you know, speaks of moral purity here in God's eyes. Fifth, whatever is lovely, whatever is pleasing to God, whatever is lovely in God's eyes. And finally, six, whatever is commendable, worthy of praise or of good report. Then the next sect, if there is any moral excellence or virtue, if there is anything worthy of praise, and, and then the sixth command, think about these things. You know, reflect on them, meditate upon them, ponder them all, prepare to practice each of these. And and note how Apostle Paul closes here, verse 9, you know, what you have learned, received, heard, and seen in me. You know, there's a consistency. You've not only learned it, You've received it from Paul and more importantly from the Lord and heard, heard from Paul's lips, but these are gospel truths and whatever you have seen me do, you know, and here the Apostle Paul is is holding himself accountable, seen in me, and then the last command, practice these things, do these things daily in your everyday walk of faith with Christ. It's not enough to be an eager reader of God's word. That's a good thing, but every believer must actively live out their faith in Christ. And he closes here, and the God of peace will be with you. You know, a little not play on words, remember verse 7, and the peace of God, and now it's the God of peace. You know, the peace of God, the peace that comes from God, verse 7, and now verse 9, the God of peace, the God who is characterized by peace and who gives us peace in Christ, the peace of the cross, peace of knowing that Christ died for our sins. We have been reconciled. We who were rebels, enemies of God, you know, have been reconciled to God by the shed blood of Christ. Close with this illustration. You know, just yesterday we had a a funeral at the church uh, for a brother in Christ who worshipped with us at at Hope Church. Um, He was a faithful believer died unexpectedly, but as his own son, family, bore witness, he finished with joy and prayer and and peace in his life. You know, his son, Jamie Green, um, remarkable, I won't say young man because he's 40, well, for me that's young, Uh, He played a number of gospel hymns and gospel songs, and and one of the hymns he played is, It is well with my soul. Let me just read that first verse. 
It's in our Trinity hymnal, number 691. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. That's what God's word is teaching us here. When, When we're trusting in Christ for our salvation, you know, we, we can't always be rejoicing in the Lord. We can always be seeking God's faith confidently in prayer. And we can know his peace that passes all understanding. Peace in this life. Peace on that day when the Lord calls us home or comes again. All to his glory and praise. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we we thank you uh, that your word teaches us such gracious gospel truths, especially about prayer, Lord. But Lord, we thank you as well that even your word helps us to apply uh, what you are teaching us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, may we be believers, followers of Christ, whose lives are are marked by your joy in Christ, praying even when our hearts are anxious, always abounding, Lord, in, in your peace, in Jesus, in whose name we pray, amen.